everyone, and welcome on into Betting the High Line, your go-to destination for all of your soccer slash football plays, picks, parlays, and more on the Book It Sports Network. I'm your host, Thomas Viola, joined as always by my faithful co-host, Taylor Wilson. Taylor, all the way from Bogota, how are you doing today, my man? Doing great. That's a good shout out to the uh, Colombian League final coming up, the Ida y Vuelta, uh, starting up this weekend, Santa Fe in America. I'm sure our listeners want us to talk through wagers on that one, right? But uh, yeah, it's been, you know, here we are into the holidays, the smell of those Christmas trees in the air, and uh, even more intense, the smell of Arsenal mediocrity just continues. So, Can you even call it Arsenal mediocrity anymore? Uh, it's Arsenal, at this point, Arsenal, right? Yeah, at this point, it's just bad. They're, they're in a relegation <laughs> fight. That's, that's the plain and simple reality of Arsenal's situation. Yeah, the absolute kindest thing you could say about Arsenal is uh, there are bad enough teams at the bottom, so they'll survive the Prem. That's the absolute kindest thing you could say about this football club right now, which, you know, I, one of my stamps of pride following this game is I've been a soccer fan long enough to remember when Arsenal was like one of the best teams in the world, not only in terms of the results, but, you know, guys like Terry Henry and Bergkamp, just delighting viewers, just really fun to watch. Fast forward 12, 15, 20 years later, and this team is miserable. They have a shiny stadium. They have a super filthy rich owner, and none of it matters because every single week they're finding new ways to just implode. I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan, so I kind of respect it, the creativity of it at least. Every week it's different. It's like, what's Arsenal going to do this time around? And this time around, it was a double yellow from Gabrielle within minutes of each other on the cards to go off in the second half. Um, but hey, they turned the ch- the page and go against your Everton boys this week. So we'll see what happens in that one. Yeah, we really will. I mean, Everton, Everton's been looking good though. The last couple of matches, I, I I am very surprised. I tweeted this out yesterday at TV at work. You can follow Taylor at ATLT Will. But I, so at it. I, I said I was so surprised that Everton's bounce back, their return to form, the thing that got their confidence back was a draw with Burnley. But it really was because they went down in that game and then battled back, got the draw, and then afterwards the team was saying that they felt good, they felt proud of the way they played, and were glad that they came back. And me, of course, I'm thinking, all right, this is just Everton being Everton. They're going to go on to continue sucking. And then they go out, they get the win at Ch- uh, against Chelsea, and then they follow it up with another really, really great performance against Leicester, another win, and... Now, all of a sudden, they're coming into this Arsenal game where Arsenal really needs this. That game going to be taking place Saturday morning, 9.30 Pacific time. Everton right now, plus 128. The drop, plus 250. And Arsenal, $2.10 right now. I, I did not think I would see the day at this point where Arsenal was going to be that heavy of a dog in this game. But I, I feel like I have to go Everton, even with the injury to Alan they're still going to be getting James Rodriguez back for this game. And so the fact that they've been playing so well without him, I think they're going to do just fine without Alon, even though that absolutely hurts because he is part of that backbone of that midfield, and now his hamstrings have turned to dust. But that's, that team is still going to look pretty good. And frankly, one of the more surprising things, Gilfie Sigurdsson, long assumed to be a cast-off, presumed to be leaving in the summer transfer window, stayed to fight for a spot on the team, and he has carved one out. I, I think that you can play with him putting James in the 10 spot and be just okay without Alon. 
Yeah, he had to uh, wave off Richarlison to take the penalty against Chelsea. That's how you know Gilfie is back, baby. The set-piece machine. Um, White Walker I, himself. Exactly. I, uh, I hate to start on a no-touch, but this is a hard read for me. I, if you're handicapping this game, and you've kind of alluded to this preseason, Arsenal is probably a favorite in this game against Everton. Here you get them at <laughs> better than two-to-one value. That's incredible value if you have any kind of belief in Arsenal. But how how do you, you have yeah belief how, in Arsenal? how how could you right now? You look at what they're doing in an attacking sense. Their front four have now scored just six goals between all of them. There was a little bit of positivity in the Southampton game. That's a good Southampton team. I'm a big Saints backer this year. Southampton was the better team in the early stages of that game. But once Arsenal went down, they actually responded well. Aubameyang had a nice goal. Sako showed a little bit of playmaking ability, which they really need someone to step up and be a playmaker on that team. But it was about what happened after the equalize. They had all the momentum in that game, and then it just completely went away. So we haven't seen a real 90-minute performance from Arsenal in a big game so far this season. I have no confidence in them. You have to look at them in like 10-minute intervals in these games. So if I'm going anywhere, I'm going Everton. But, man, I'm still a little bit suspicious about what's happening with Everton. I know they're way up there on the table. Let's just look at the Chelsea game for a second. Every Everton fan should be thrilled about that result. Got fans back at Goodison Park. It was a fun one, even for me as a Chelsea fan. It kind of felt like Everton-Chelsea from the late 2000s. It felt like some of those matchups that have been fun in the past. Uh, and as you say, Hamez back is really intriguing. I don't know what to expect from Hamez. We saw him back from injury before, and he wasn't the same player as those first four games of the season when Everton was starting on a four-game winning streak. This feels like one that has kind of both teams messing up at various points and one team kind of backing their way into a result. To be honest, the draw seems like the most favorable move in this, but I, you know, neither of us, none of us love betting draws pre-flop, obviously. Um, if I go anywhere, I'm going that. Uh, I believe I don't have it in front of me. It's on the other side of plus 200 value, right? Up the draw on the draw there. Yep, plus 250 on the draw. Now, what if I could intrigue you with under two and a half goals at minus 104? Well, we've seen, a, I was going to say, we've seen a lot of these kind of so-called big team versus big team. If you want to use that wording for either of these sides, at this point, Everton's a bigger club than Arsenal. But um, when they go up against each other this year, those unders have been hitting like crazy, man. Nil-nils, one-nils, two-nils. Now, the only downside of that is Arsenal can't defend. Yeah. And DraftKings, to give you a little bit of insight here, the under two and a half is at minus 104. You're almost getting even money. The over two and a half is minus 120. So they're looking a little more on the over side of that. Now, my concern there is you look at Everton's past three games, a 1-1 draw and two, uh, and two marginal victories, Chelsea 1-0 and then Leicester 2-0. Well, let's put it this way. We don't think either of these teams is going to blow out the other, right? Yeah. So I also, like, just I haven't seen enough. Now, it was, it was good. If you're an Arsenal fan, you should be happy about that Aubameyang goal. It was a nice goal. And I think getting him back in form, Sako's run-up to that goal was awesome as well. If they can get a consistent Obama-Yang, we've seen that guy be a real star in this league at times. So that's, I mean, as simple as it is, that's the answer to their attacking problems as much as anything, him getting back in form. He needs the service to do so, of course. But do I expect him to go off and score two or three goals in this game? Absolutely not. And I think that's what you would need for this to be kind of like a, a wild shootout. So having said all of that, I do think it will be cagey. 
I think it'll be low scoring. Um, I probably would lean the under two and a half. That's not a big number. But again, we've seen these matchups go under so often this year with better teams than these two. And I don't I mean, you as an Everton fan, what do you think is happening to improve defensively right now with this team? Because they're playing pretty well. There's an easy answer to that, actually. Carlo Ancelotti has figured out that the key to not giving up any goals is to play four center backs. There you go. That is exactly what he's been doing. He's just playing a really heavy back line, and they've been, they've been working. They've been doing the job. And then you have your wingbacks coming in to support, obviously, and it, it seems to be that he's found a system now that's getting some results. Now let's move on to the 4.30 a.m. game Saturday. No games on Friday because of the weird midweek slate. I uh, wish we could talk about some of the games that are actually going on right now or have or, or are on the schedule for today. We, of course, record here on Thursdays. So by the time this podcast comes out on Friday, that will be useless information for you. But we do have some Saturday matchups. Crystal Palace, Liverpool, 4.30 in the morning. Liverpool, $2 favorite. You're not surprised to, to be laying that much juice at all. Palace plus 540 and the draw plus 340. You said you had a play here. It's not one of my favorite plays of the week, but I'm, I do have a lean. Let's just look at this fixture for a second, though. It's kind of been a weird one, a notorious one over the years since Palace has become a Prem team again. You're going Palace minus three goals, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know me too well, Tom. Yep. I, well, it's funny. I'm going to say that, not do it, and watch Palace just roll. That'd be fantastic. Oh, yeah. 2013-14. Liverpool, this is the Luis Suarez year, right? This is when everyone thought that what Liverpool has become over the past three years was actually happening then. Suarez was maybe the best player in the world. Liverpool were flying high. They were in this great title race with Man City and, and to some extent Chelsea. It was basically a three-horse race. And you go into the uh, last three weeks of the season, they lose to Chelsea 2-0 to put Chelsea back in the title race. And they drew Crystal Palace in one of these weird midweek games, 3-3 in a classic and in some ways that kind of redefined the next few years for Liverpool because they didn't win the title that year ultimately Suarez leaves ultimately Coutinho Sterling leave and they have to reset the entire thing fast forward to the last few years Liverpool's won this fixture seven times in a row so they've definitely figured out Palace on this Palace against the big boys can be very inconsistent very hard to handicap Um, I'm going over here now, the problem is you look at some of these prices. If you go over two and a half, you have to lay minus 162. So not a great price. And again, this isn't one of my best bets of, of the week, but that's what I'm going. <laughs> I'm going the over two and a half just because I don't think there's any scenario. I know we, we've kind of increasingly loved the unders, particularly that number here, but I don't think there's any scenario where there aren't at least three goals in this game. Um, if you want to look at a quarter ball situation to give you some protections, maybe at like a 2.75, um, feel free to do that. But, you know, Liverpool, most shots on target a game in the league at 6.7. That's a full shot higher than anyone else. In an attacking sense, they're still really scary. You know, let's go back to that Tottenham game at midweek. The big headline from that was Jose Mourinho saying that the better team lost, that his first team lost. I think anyone that watched that game would disagree with him. Uh, By the way, just, 24% possession for Spurs in that game. Yeah, I mean, it was, vin- it was vintage Jose in both his tactic and his post-game comments. So oh, yeah. the tactic often works, which is why he becomes delusional. This is the thing with Jose. People think, oh, it's him trolling. It's a little bit of that. He also is delusional enough to think that, oh, no. Yeah, he, he this believes how we play. this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, and they, they almost squeezed out a 1-1 draw, but they were not the better team. Lost that game. I still think Liverpool – 
when you see them getting into gear and you saw that at the end of that second half against Tottenham, it's always about injuries with them this year, but they are still the best team in the league when they're really in gear, really fun to watch going forward. I think they could cover this over on their own, protect it if they give up a goal also. I don't think either of us want to lay them minus 200. So this, this would be the move that I do almost backing Liverpool without backing Liverpool. I, I feel you on that. My problem is I don't know where that third goal is going to come from because I don't think Palace scores in this game. I, but Liverpool also it, – it's interesting to see how this year, because of those injuries on that defense, they've had to almost adopt the Man City approach where Man City didn't, doesn't mind going out and putting up five goals in a game to win it. They, they, don't mind, they don't mind blowing teams out. Liverpool, traditionally over the past couple of years under Jurgen Klopp, hasn't been that kind of team. They, they'll win a game like this handily. There will never be any doubt about this game. But they'll only win it 1-0, 2-0, something like that. However, now the offense has to step up and make a couple more of those goals because they need the insurance. That's just the reality of how they've had to play. And it's been interesting to see, but I still just, in my gut, I see this game finishing 2-0. I, I, I don't hate the over 2.5 bet. I agree with you that they could win this one 3-0. Now that I've said this, they probably will, given my recent record. But... I, I don't know. It's just it's it's a tough one for me to follow you on there. I just don't see where that third goal comes from because I see them getting the two and then just being comfortable with the result. So would you touch them on a on a goal and a half on minus one and a half? Um, yeah, I I I'd consider that move. I I like uh, I, I'm looking at the lines here. I mean, minus one, they're only minus one twenty. I like that a lot. Yeah. I'm trying to find the price on minus one and a half here. And okay, minus one and a half plus 143. Yeah, yeah, I'd touch that. So the argument there is, and I'm kind of talking myself into this, actually, I might do both, but you almost get the opposite value, much better value than my overplay. And my overplay probably needs them to win by two anyway to hit. So maybe I do that. Maybe I do both. Um, because I, I do think Liverpool wins this comfortably and neither of us want to take them minus 200 money line. So just trying to find some value in the margins there. Yeah, now before we bring on our guest today, Southampton versus Man City, Saturday, 7 a.m. And it's actually a battle of two pretty good teams right now. Man City's finally starting to find their form, but Southampton has been a staunch opponent. So I'm, I'm almost surprised to see the line this high. Southampton plus 575, the draw at plus 360, and City $2.15 favorites. Absolutely insane. These numbers are completely out of whack. This is a top four clash. Both of these teams are contenders for a Champions League place this year. Everyone knows that I'm a Southampton backer on this show. There's no reason that this changes here. Let's look at a few numbers first. Since losing 5-2 in that Spurs game in September, seven wins, three draws, just one loss. That one loss, they led 2-0, ended up blowing it, lost it 3-2 to Manchester United. I think both you and I lost some money on that one. But other than that, incredible form for this team right now. City just cannot figure out this lack of scoring problem. Last eight games, you take away that 5-0 against Burnley. Just six goals. That's less than a goal a game. That's not classic Man City footy at all. And that's a problem against maybe my favorite center back pairing in the league this year, Vestergaard and Bagnarak for Southampton. They've been incredible. Southampton can score goals as well. I think third or fourth in the league now in goals scored. They were also great on Game of Thrones, uh, 
Yestergaard and Vets, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Hassanuddle, manager of the year com- contender, your boy Theo Wolcott somehow is playing well. Lots going well for Southampton right now. The question for them in the macro is one or two injuries would just devastate this team. They don't have much of a bench. The rotation isn't there. That's obviously the complete opposite for City. But for now, the pieces are there for Southampton. Plus 575. That's like what you're seeing with Sheffield United in some of these games. Are you, know, you almost I mean, tempted to take that? I'm taking it. All right. I like South it. Am- I'm willing to South follow Am- you on Southampton that. Southampton plus 575. I don't see how you can't. I, these it's- are two. Southampton is arguably the better team right now, the more informed team than Manchester City right now. Now, that's not to say, like, I wouldn't be shocked if that doesn't hit. Obviously, it's still Man City. They still have De Bruyne. They still have Sterling. They still have one of the best managers in the world in air quotes, Pep Guardiola. But – Man, I like if I'm handicapping that, I'm saying it's I don't know plus 200 Southampton plus 575. What is going on? Yeah, that line is just completely out of whack. You you have to take it based on value alone. Is it going to be one of our best bets of the week? Eh, probably not, just because of the fact that you know it's still Southampton going up against Man City. But on the value alone, it makes perfect sense. And it also goes back to what we were saying just before this about how Liverpool has had to play more like Man City this year in putting up a lot of goals. Man City's not putting up the goals right now. They have not been able to do it. De Bruyne, they're just not finding the back of the net. And that's been a huge problem for them. And I'm curious to see if Pep is going to be able to work that out because the reality is that as a tactical manager, he's not on the same level as Klopp and dare I even say Mourinho. He is really good at managing talent. He's really good at putting together a great squad, but the reality is there are some better guys than him off the, uh, on, the, on the pitch when it comes to tactics, and I don't know if he's going to be able to solve this problem. Well, I've always said about Pep, I'd love to see what he would do with these Burnley teams the last few years. Like, would he be able to keep them in the prem and do some of the things that Sean Dyche has done with them? Would he have been able to do what, what, what Chris Wilder did with Sheffield United last year? I don't know. We don't know that because he's had historically good Barcelona teams and then oil-rich Manchester City teams. So that's not to say that those jobs don't have their own challenges, but we've never seen him have a lack of talent in his life. And that's why you get the criticisms when he's not going on deep runs in the champions league. That should be the expectation for the resources that he has. Do you want to throw in a quick Easter egg for our uh, listeners coming in later on today? Sheffield United currently up one nil after 13 minutes with uh, uh, against Manchester United Sheffield still plus two twenty five on the money line uh, live odds at DraftKings. What do you think? That, that could, what do you think? We, we might have to pause this recording and, and go take some action here. I don't know. I, I haven't watched any, so I have no idea what's happening there. That sounds like just pure chaos from the big six teams, as always, this season. I got to love it. I mean, Manu's just been absolutely terrible, but I, I just noticed that scoreline and that number. So we'll see. Our listeners will be able to either laugh at us or say, hey, good job, once, uh, <laughs> once this podcast comes out. But had to throw that in there real quick as I'm going to be in the process of texting my buddy and getting some money on uh, on this with DraftKings right now, I think. I might have to do that. Meanwhile, Newcastle versus Fulham Saturday at noon. Your primetime game, Newcastle plus 155. The draw, $2.30. And Fulham, $1.80. I mean, Newcastle seems like the play here, right? 
Under two and a half goals, Tom. Back to the well on oh, this now one. That I like. That I trying like. it again. Now you have to lay a little bit, minus one thirty nine. But I, I think that is absolutely the play in this game. Would have hit in the last three games for Fulham. Seven of their last ten. Newcastle results a little bit more all over the place. They had that wide open game uh, against Leeds. Their last two would not have hit this, but four of five before that would have. But this is the classic, man. We've talked about this: the bad team versus bad team syndrome. It's an over in the NFL. It's an over in college football. It's often an under in the Prem, and I think that's absolutely the case here. Um, I don't know. I don't know about the winner in this. I I really think it could go either way. Whoever scores first, that's going to dictate a lot about the style of the game afterwards. Maybe a live play is intriguing to me, but if you can get two goals scored in total in this and still win your bet, I feel pretty darn good. And, uh, yeah, your only argument against that, I think, is laying the minus 139. But I have no issue. It ain't, you know, you're not paying it if you're winning. So under two and a half goals. And neither of these teams' offenses are very good. This is yeah. – I'm, I'm totally with you. We are in full agreement on the under two and a half goals there. Let's move right on to Brighton versus Sheffield on Sunday, 4 a.m. I know you're going to be getting up bright and early to watch this game. No pun intended. Brighton, $1.39 favorites. The draw plus 275. Sheffield – whopping four dollars and ten cents but right now Sheffield putting the screws on United well your Sheffield United Easter egg there almost ruins this for me because I wanted a Blades play in this and I still do but if they beat Manchester United I don't know if they're getting results two games in a row this was about two bad teams going up against each other out of whack value I'll still plug it no matter what but if they're beating Manchester United maybe reconsider this one but Sheffield United plus 410 and the bet I like even more is Sheffield United plus 0.75 on the Asian handicap you're laying only minus 112 there I think this will be close I don't think Brighton is particularly good they have better individual players than Sheffield United but the Blades need wins somewhere this is a game where they're going to be trying to go out and get it uh if not that if the game is close tight they're going to be happy with a point two that works on a plus 0.75 goal line. Um, I don't think Bryden blows them out. So give me the goal line and maybe sprinkle a little on that plus 410 money line as well. I'm going to keep fading Bryden as I have this year. It's Sheffield United. I have no issue if anyone yells at me for this. I totally get it. Terrible team, but two bad teams going against each other. My, my thing with Brighton in this is, first off, Sheffield, five losses in their last five games. Fully, <laughs> fully willing to fully willing to fade, fade them on this one, even if they do beat Man United today. But Brighton has just been too too hard to handicap. You look at you, you look at their last five. They get the win versus Aston Villa. They get a draw versus Liverpool. Then lose two one to Southampton, which is respectable against this Southampton team. Then get blown out of the water three nothing by Leicester City, and then a draw zero zero against Fulham. How are you supposed to predict what this team's going to do? For me, this has to be a stay away. I, I can't handicap this Brighton team. I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you at all. I, I, my, my eyes lit up with some of those numbers for Sheffield United. At the end of the day, they're not going to go winless, knock on wood, in this league. But, again, if they're beating Manchester United, I actually like this far less. It's not like, oh, they have momentum. It's, oh, wow, they, they're not going to do that back-to-back game. So, they shot their wad in one game. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, Tottenham versus Leicester, Sunday, 6-15. This is going to be a good game. Fun one. Really fun game. Um, I still like Spurs plus price. I think Tottenham is a better team than Spurs eight, by the way. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm taking that. I'm taking the money line for Tottenham in this. I think they played 
well enough against Liverpool. I mean, this is the thing. This is the problem with the Jose comments afterwards. Everyone's like, oh, they got completely outplayed. But they did for a lot of that game do what they wanted to do, and they could have gotten the 1-1 draw. Now, that's different than saying the better team uh, lost the game. I mean, that, those are two different things. But it doesn't mean that Tottenham got, you know, completely run off the pitch. I think they did a lot of the Jose Mourinho things that they wanted to do early in that game. And I think they'll try to do that again here. Having said that, I think an under is another interesting play in this game. I hate to plug just only unders, but hey, money is money. You know, it doesn't matter if it's not the more fun play. It's more fun if you're making money. Um, so maybe consider an under here as well. But I do think, you know, as long as I'm getting Tottenham like minus 110 or better, I'm going to be taking them more often than not until they prove me otherwise. I mean, I'm inclined to agree with you. I mean, it's Jose's anti-football. This is a battle of two versus four here. But looking looking back at their scores, by the way, Tottenham in their last five at home, they are undefeated. So that's that's one thing to consider here. They have been playing really well at Tottenham at Hotspur Stadium. Of course, you look at their last five results overall, the 2-1 Liverpool loss, a 1-1 draw with Palace. 2-0 versus Royal Antwerp, which, you know, you can tell, non-league game. And then 2-0 versus Arsenal, and before that, they played Linz to a 3-3 draw. So if you look at just their last, last few Premier League games, nothing's going over three goals. Meanwhile, for Leicester, a 2-0 loss to Everton, 3-0 win over Brighton, 2-1 versus Sheffield. They got the win there. This is very much, a, this is very much two teams where you can start to feel like this is going to be a defensive battle, especially with the way Tottenham plays anti-football, that Jose ball where they bunker down the way they do and try and beat you on the counterattack. And, yeah, I'm going, I'm going with you on that under. I'm also yeah. liking the Tottenham plus price. Just real quick to get it all out there right now, Spurs plus 108, draw plus 245, Leicester plus 260. I might even do a third play where if Tottenham scores, you know, if this is nil-nil, Tottenham scores at like the 60-minute mark, and you can get good enough value. I'm just taking that one nil exacta um, right there. And then, uh, and I might even take it if they score on the, I might even take it earlier in the game than that too. So I don't Jamie Vardy can always screw you over on that, but it's Jose Mourinho. Like you said, the anti-football, those one nils hit so often. Man U versus Leeds Sunday, 830 in the morning. Man U minus $1.48, the draw $3.10 and Leeds plus three seventy. Especially if Man U loses this game, I really this game going on right now against Sheffield, I really don't see Leeds winning this game. No, no. But yeah. at the same time, I like I've said this all year. I don't. I'm not that comfortable betting Manchester United in general. Um, yeah, this is I, a stay away. I yeah, I had I had a bold no touch on this game. Eventually, they're going to make a decision internally. We might not even know if they end up keeping him about what they're going to do with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer if they do sack him. It'll be soon. It'll be January at the latest. If he's if not they gone lose by then, this game, yeah, I think he gets sacked. But the other thing is that the transfer window is going to be opening up. You want your new manager in by then, right? Yeah. So, so by early January, we'll probably have a good idea. Um, mm -hmm. That would be interesting if we are talking about this and and folks here on the time machine a day later already know that Solskjaer has been sacked. That would be interesting. Um, but he is he is really skating on thin ice right now with Manchester United. Um, it's just too inconsistent. Too inconsistent. Eventually, eventually his luck is going to run out because he had – we were talking about this earlier in the season when they played, I want to say Chelsea, and then they also – and then they, they played Chelsea and PSG in the same week. And we talked about how if, he got, if they got embarrassed in both of those games, 
Ole could be out. And then they won against PSG and drew Chelsea. And all of a sudden we were saying, oh, okay, well, he's bought himself more time. Well, then the poor play started. And normally the pendulum has been able to swing back and forth, but it has swung in one direction and not come back yet. I, I think we might be nearing the end. That's an interesting deal where fans, a full Old Trafford every week, I think puts so much more pressure to make that decision even even earlier than it's been made. Like I, with, some, with some of these United performances, they would be getting completely booed off the field. And it's obviously different when everyone's watching just at home or at a bar. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've, I haven't been a Solskjaer fan since the beginning. I, I think he's, you know, they've had some rough managers in the post-Ferguson era, but he might be the worst of them. So we'll see. All right, final game here to go over in the Premier League slate. Chelsea versus West Ham. Chelsea, $2.30 favorites. Draw plus 390. West Ham plus 575 dog here. Yeah, if you ever question my journalistic integrity on this show, just listen to what I'm about to say. As a Chelsea fan, I'm fading strongly Chelsea in this one. West Ham plus a goal and a quarter, only minus 114. So I think this one's going to be close. Could totally be a draw. Would not be shocked at all to see West Ham win this game either. You wouldn't think that Chelsea loses three in a row, but who knows? I, this has been a weird Chelsea season against the top 10, zero wins, three draws, three losses. So just not good enough against the good teams in the Prem. But at the same time, if you look at just the whole picture, I would say they've only had three, what I would call quote unquote, bad results in 21 games in all competitions this season. The problem with that is easy Champions League group, pretty favorable fixtures in the Prem. So, and I, I've been saying this all year, we need to see what they're doing against the bigger teams against the really big teams. It's been loss against Liverpool, draw against Manchester United, draw against Tottenham. And now we're seeing them lose against Everton, lose against Wolves. West Ham in some ways is just as good as either of those teams with what they're doing right now. Um, Things can change quickly during the holidays. So we could be talking about a very different Chelsea team in January or February, as we'll discuss with some of these Champions League futures. But right now, you know, I love that minus a goal and a half Chelsea play against Burnley and Sheffield United and it hit in those games but West Ham's a much better team and I think it'll be close I think it'll probably be within a you know draw or a one goal result either way so give me West Ham plus a goal and a quarter all right Taylor that's going to wrap up the Premier League for the week it's been it's going to be an exciting slate but right now let's talk about the Champions League draw because it is finally here we know what the round of 16 matchups are and to do that He's been waiting in Zoom participant purgatory for long enough. Sorry to keep you waiting. Returning to the show, Dylan Esma of the Action Network to help us break these down. Dylan, how are you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me back. I'm doing great. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you back on, my friend. So here we go. Round of 16. What are some, before we, before we talk about any specific numbers, what are some of your favorite matchups? What are you guys, what are you guys looking at here? There are a few fun ones. Um, I, as a Chelsea fan, I've said right here on the show that we don't know enough about Chelsea. Need to get a good matchup here in the round of 16 to maybe have some more confidence to take them on a future, maybe to know more about them going forward for wagering purposes. And now as a Chelsea fan, I'm just upset. So I don't know which one I actually want. Um, They got Atletico Madrid. Tricky matchup. One of the more intriguing ties I think in this Champions League round of 16 that's what I'm looking at obviously you have to look at 
Barcelona PSG with the recent history and that with the superstars involved. Um, and I think there's some interesting value in, in Leipzig-Liverpool that we can talk about. But other than that, there's some chalk on here. We'll see if we can find some, some angles. What'd you like, Dylan? Yeah, I think to me, PSG looked cheap. And I think Chelsea looked cheap. I might be the only person that thinks that. Um, I know Diego is tough over two legs. Um, but I just think Chelsea are a better team. And so if we, you know, if, if we, if we took out the managers and we did kind of a comparison just of, of the players and of how they've done so far this season, um, I would favor Chelsea closer to minus 130. I see it's minus 116 on DraftKings. Um, I would take them. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a sweat. It's going to be hard. But I, I think they're better. I think the Prem is, you know, I think La Liga is down this year. And so for Atleti to be in the lead in La Liga really doesn't impress me that much. And when Real Madrid really locked in, they kicked their butts and beat them 2-0. So I'm not fully convinced of Atleti as a power this year. And the only reason I would think they have a chance is because of how Diego Simeone is over two legs in the Champions League. So I think Chelsea are, are a good value. And um, PSG, I think, is probably the more obvious one um, just because of the state of Barcelona. Now, Neymar sounds like he has a bit of a, an ankle issue after their most recent loss. So I don't know. I would assume by February he would be fine, but that would be significant, you know, if – He's got to play, but you know, at what is it minus one, minus mid one thirties? It looks like one thirty four. I would take that. Um, I think they're significantly better than Barca, and I don't see Barca getting it together. They're super light at center back position. A lot of this stuff comes down to if anybody does anything in the transfer window. You know, Barca. I would put Liverpool in there too. I mean, they need a center back. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. If they don't get a center back, I kind of like Leipzig at plus 300. Um, you know, if Fabinho gets hurt, what the heck are they going to do? So uh, with these, I would almost like – there might be good value now, but I would almost wait for – until we figure out what these teams are like really, really going to look like. I know the January window is small, but, I mean, I think both of those clubs need to add a defender. So. That's the nice I thing for some, of these, for some of these lines, though, is that we have three months to figure it all out. We don't need to be firing away on them this week. So we can afford the luxury of waiting and seeing what's going to happen in that transfer window. But what about, what about some of these futures prices? You mentioned Chelsea to advance, but right now DraftKings has them at 17 to 1. Dortmund up at 20 to 1, which is down – I actually got them at, I think, 35 before the group stage started. But do you see any value at these teams that are clustered here? We got three teams at 11 to one PSG, Juve and Real Madrid, anything tempting you or is Bayern just still too much of a juggernaut to think about? Yeah. So pre pre tournament, I, and I'm just pulling up my futures now because I just want to make sure I'm giving you the right ones. Um, I, I usually go with a value portfolio with this stuff. And so that means no Bayern for me. <laughs> you know, I'd rather have three, four, five 
futures and win, you know, three, four, five times my money, then, uh, then pick the, the valuable favorite. And honestly, I, Bayern are great, but you know, they've shown signs of, at least in the Bundesliga, of being a little, little vulnerable. So I don't know if I would say like they should be plus two, you know, plus two fifty. I know. I mean, I think they're great, but you know, so what my strategy was, was I took, I took Juve. Um, so let's see, I'll just go through them here. Um, Juve 1400, Chelsea 2250 is what I got pre-tournament. Atalanta 31, 31 to one. Um, Inter Milan 30 to one. That was a, that was a fail. And, uh, and Leipzig at plus 7,500. So wow. those are my plays. So I've got four of the five left to our dogs. Yeah, it's pretty to good. Liverpool and to Real Madrid. But uh, Chelsea, so we're at 17. You know, I would have priced them where Juve was pre-tournament, which was 14. Um, I, so I think, I think Chelsea, Juve, PSG, they should all be in the, yeah, 10, 10 to, to 14. So if you can get above on, on those, you know, I, I think they're still good value bets. My favorite ones are, are Juve and Chelsea. My favorite one is Chelsea. I think Chelsea, if they can figure out some things, if we're talking talent, I think that's a great price. Well, the argument with Chelsea with everything is February is a long way off, right? There's so much that can happen. I mean, you mentioned transfers and Chelsea with what the team is right now. It's almost like, like I got, so we know that Timo Werner and Kai Havertz aren't this bad. They, they have been awful this week in particular. This has been the week to dunk on both of those guys. Um, I think Havertz in particular has been misused by Lampard and I think Werner Werner's had some terrible misses. He's been pretty underwhelming, especially over the past few weeks. But just with what we've seen in his career, we know whether it was at Schuka or at Red Bull, we know that this dude is going to get better. So if those are the questions for Chelsea right now, it's like where are the goals coming from? Where is some of the central playmaking coming from? The fact that Lampard has fixed a lot of the defense, the fact that a guy like Reese James has become a superstar fullback and you still have N'Golo Conte to help that defense. The center backs have been really good. Um, I, you know, Chelsea is a pretty complete team when you go position by position if you're assuming that those Germans figure it out. And not even to mention that Pulisic and Ziyech have been injured a lot of this season. So if you're getting a fully healthy and Werner and Havertz and all those new guys in form, um, position by position, Chelsea's basically as talented as anyone. Um, so on that note, the value is definitely there. I do think Atletico specifically is a really tricky matchup for them. Yeah. Uh, over a couple of legs, we mentioned Simeone Bull. I definitely think he's a better manager than a still green, inexperienced Frank Lampard. And, you know, I, okay, so Chelsea can defend well, but is that going to matter if, if, you know, Atletico pulls out a one nil win? Like I think about that Everton game against Chelsea over the weekend. Yeah. That type of game in one leg could could be dust for Chelsea. So, so just a, a quick question for you because you're you're a Chelsea fan, so you obviously yes. you know I watch all this stuff obviously. But so they were playing their best when Hakim Ziyech was on the wing, yeah. and it, Champions League and Premier League. And since he's been out, 
we've seen a, a step back. And so my question is, is he that important? Or is this just them kind of coming back to earth a little bit? Because if he's that important and he's in the side and, you know, you can play probably Giroud in the nine with, with, uh, with Timo and Ziak out wide and then maybe Pulisic, you know, as, as a sub, I mean, that's like, it's, it remains to be seen if he's that important, but if I'm just if I'm just watching what's happened over the last month, that's what it seems like. So that's just interesting to me because I've always really liked him as a player at Ajax. I didn't think he would have like that much of an impact though. So that's been a little surprising to me. Part of the issue with Chelsea is, and he has. I mean, he's been an absolute star when he's been out there. The big thing with them is like we're still we're still comparing apples to oranges. So a lot of what Ziek was doing. You know, it was that Sheffield United game. It was some of those Champions League group stage games in a really easy group. Um, It remains like, hey, man, you got to do it against the big boys. And I mentioned this earlier in the show before you hopped on, Dylan. Their record against the top 10 has been dreadful. Everyone's been obsessed about those stats this week. But for good reason, need to see what they're doing against those big teams domestically. And the same goes for Europe. Um, As far as ZX specifically, with him out, a lot of what Chelsea's been doing on that right wing has to do with Reese James coming forward as, a full, as an overlapping fullback and swinging crosses into the box. Those crosses have been incredible. And whether it's Giroud, Tammy Abraham, or Timo Werner, they just haven't been good enough on the end of them. So the Ziyech absence has hurt. But to me, the biggest issue for Chelsea has been how bad really the striker situation, or at least how inconsistent the striker situation has been above everything, which is crazy with all the hype bringing in a guy like Timo Werner. Yeah, and he's not a real striker. You know, if you watched Leipzig last year, you know, he would work really well off of Paulson and off of, you know, Schick and off of all of these really talented guys that kind of like hold up play and they're good at passing. He can kind of just maneuver and hover he's not a traditional nine. So like that doesn't surprise me that he needs somebody else to kind of do some of that work where he can roam. That's like where he's at his best. So, um, but regardless, I mean, I think um, like you said, February is a long ways away. And so, right. You know, if they played right now, Athleti would probably be, you know, they're in better form. What I would say about, the thing about them not beating a top 10 team, was anybody saying that when they won like six in a row? I think everybody was like, they're going to win the league. I mean, Klopp said, not this guy. The, not me. Klopp said they're the, they're the favorites to win the league before this recent run of form. So all I'm saying is like, you know, I know I'm not saying you are, I'm just saying in general, like, I don't think I know a lot of people that were like giving them a hard time when they were like kicking butt. So that's well, you know how this goes, Dylan. It's all it's all yeah. prisoner of the moment. Completely. Exactly. So. That's all. That's all I'm saying. So I still I, like I still the price. What do you What do you guys think? Those are my plays. I still like those. Atalanta and Leipzig. They're good prices. Are they going to come through? You know, probably not. But I, mean, I think they were valuable bets, and um, I think. If Liverpool don't add a defender and Madrid, they're looking better now than they were before. Um, that Alanta thing kind of comes down to what happens with Papu. Um, if he leaves, I really don't know what they're going to look like. So that's a, kind of a tough call until I know, until I know what happens there. Um, 
And then Leipzig, I think Leipzig are great. So, you know, if Liverpool don't add a center back, I'd, I don't think that's the worst bet, but. I mean, I agree. You got to bet on stuff that has potential happening and where you think that the value is going to outweigh, uh, is going to, you, where you think the value is off, where the line doesn't match what you think the probability is of that outcome. And I agree. Leipzig has the capability to take Liverpool over two legs. They, we've seen them go toe to toe with Bayern multiple times over the last couple of seasons in the Bundesliga. And talking about Bayern as well, a lot of time here throughout this group stage, just in general with the way Bayern has played since the start of the season, Taylor, you and I have talked about how they very much look the team to beat. They're the reigning champs for a reason, and they look like they're going to be able to do it again. But Dylan, you're right. Over the last several games, we've been starting to see some of those cracks. They did have that 3-3 draw with Leipzig where they were chasing that game for most of it. Leipzig just couldn't close it out. And I think that this team, especially if the Bundesliga race stays competitive the way it is, they might show some cracks. Obviously, they're going to make it out of this round. But I think that they could start showing uh, could start showing some cracks, and maybe some of these other teams that you're looking at the top of the conversation can squeeze their way in. And maybe if Bayern gets a bad draw in the later rounds of the Champions League, we could see someone else like a Juve or a PSG coming in. Both of them at eleven to one. And frankly, I think I'm going to fire away on a Juve ticket just because I still like the price at eleven to one. You're still betting on Cristiano Ronaldo, and He's never a bad bet to win a Champions League. And plus, Weston McKinney is helping revitalize a midfield that has had a lot of question marks. It still does have a lot of question marks, but I think they're starting to look like a better team. Juve, Juve scares me, man. That, I mean, look, I love Weston McKinney. Um, and Juve, I, I think, has lost. I think they only lost that Barcelona game in the group as their, their only loss in all comps so far. Um, I'm sort of saying that off dome. I have to confirm that, but no, you're right. They're yeah, undefeated in Serie A. I know that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean they've had some frustrating draws in Serie A, but like haven't lost. Um, I yep. you know got a good got a good draw here against Porto. Uh, you know about as good as you can get. Um, yeah. You are betting on CR though at the end of the day, which is fine. I mean it's Cristiano Ronaldo. I, I'm not going to blame someone for betting on CR, but there are other teams that I like more. Um, now I'm a little bit hypocritical because I kind of like the PSG play more and that's sort of betting on Neymar. So I, it's, it's yeah. a similar situation there. Um, and they have a harder round of 16 draw as well, but I don't know. I mean, do we want to talk about this Barca PSG matchup? What like could Barca, could Barca have it figured out by February? I guess would be the question. I don't think so. I, I, this team is just kind of they're in waiting for waiting for Guardiola mode right now. Obviously, he just re-signed that extension with Man City, so I don't think that that's happening. But there is no way that Ronald Koeman is the manager of that team next season. He is not a good manager. I speak as an Everton fan, knowing <laughs> that he should not be in this job. I don't understand how he's quite failed upwards to it. But this team, Barcelona, is waiting for the complete overhaul of the top brass. They're waiting for the new club president. And once all of that is in place, I think Coleman sees out the rest of this season just because they want, they're going to want to give who they bring in a full season. But he is nothing more than a lame duck manager. And this team just has so many problems. And they've yeah. 
they've gone on with everything just being solved by Messi being Messi for far too long. They no longer have that style that they used to play or just the ability to spread the ball around. I mean, you used to have Messi, Suarez, Neymar. Now you just have Messi, and you have done nothing to replenish that talent. Antoine Griezmann is not the answer there. He hasn't been. Braithwaite. Come on, Braithwaite. Oh, yeah, yeah. Braithwaite's really going to solve that. (laughs) Yeah. It's just this team isn't very good right now, and they're in a state of disarray. And I think this is where PSG gets a little measure of revenge from a couple years back when Barcelona had that amazing comeback against them. I don't think there's that magic this time around. I think PSG goes through. Yeah, and the price is solid at minus 134. I also like PSG to advance on this. Um, I don't know. I mean, Bar- like you guys say, Barcelona's problems are just too deep-seated. There's not a whole lot you can figure out in a couple of months. They're going to have a new election, I think, in January. I'm almost positive yes. that whenever that happens is before this. Yeah, so that'll be a, a change, but it's kind of like like, you know, Congressional politics, presidential politics, it's like you can, you can change the people, but if the problems are too deep-seated, it's not going to do much. And I think that's absolutely the case at Barcelona right now. PSG is a better team. You are going to have a lot of the, you know, the Neymar versus Messi takes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, that's a good – anything under – inside minus 150, I think I would take PSG there. To Agreed. Yeah. And so I already said this, but, I mean, the lower profile thing about Barcelona is their defense – their defensive situation – um, because they have injuries at center back. They're really light. They're not good. And then, you know, Jordi Alba, who used to be a really good fullback, he's getting up there. He's not as not as quick, not as polished. So the defensive part, like, I don't think you can fix without bringing in reinforcements. And then the, the, thing, the thing that's not quantitative that I've said since the beginning of the year with Barca is, like you said, they get carried by Messi so much. And in the past, he's kind of like, he just carried the team. And now I don't think he cares. That, that's my opinion. And I think it's having an effect on the culture that was already bad. But if he's not going to care, like why is Frankie de Jong going to care? You know, it, exactly. like, I, I, I think it's having a negative impact where he's like, well, I wanted to leave – they wouldn't let me, you know, they just said for him to resign, he would have to take a cut to stay. It's like, do you know who that, do you know who I am? Like, are you kidding? Like that can't have a good impact on that locker room. So that too, like, I just, I think they're just going to be average like all year. And I think, you know, PSG 11 to one's interesting. It's not bad. I mean, I, you know, I would prefer, I would prefer Juve and Chelsea over them if it was up to me. Um, mainly with Chelsea because you're getting more than six to one on a team that I think are better. I think Chelsea are better than PSG. That's just it, and I think eventually will that will come to fruition. But if we're just talking talent level, I think they're very they're very deep and um, they're very you know some like you said when some of those younger pieces that they got if they can kind of run into the team i i would prefer them but psg would be a close second as far as an addition that 11 to one's not that's not bad so the other matchup i find interesting is sevilla versus dortmund um because dortmund just sacked their manager and they're bringing in you know whoever they're going to bring in um they're a favorite and i'm not sure they should be 
By um, the way, uh, kinda, by the way, it, strong feeling that they're going to bring in Jesse Marsh. Yeah. So if that's the case, so again, this is a long way off. And so I'm just saying based on right now, if we don't know the manager, if it's Jesse Marsh, my opinion would probably change. But if we're looking at where we are right now and there's an interim manager, I don't know. I think, I think Sevilla are, are a decent shot there. Now, if they bring in, you know, Jesse Marsh, or if they bring in, you know, Gladbach manager, I, I don't think Nagel's been would leave, but like, that would be a, a change for sure. So, but I'm, I'm not sure they should be minus 135. I don't know. I, I, I mean, look, Dortmund domestically have been kind of a mess. Uh, that Stuttgart game was insane. Got shellacked 5-1 after a, a nice Gio Reyna goal to open it up, but really went south after that. The, the huge caveat here is the same that you said, Dylan, which is like, we got to see what's, what's happening over the next couple of months. But if I'm, if I'm just ignoring value in this, which obviously you can't do, but right. I'm trying to fade against Sevilla. I, Sevilla, in a pretty bad group, did not show me much. Um, now, the caveat there is we know what they do in, well, mostly Europa League with some of these defensive performances, and they kind of squeak their way by. But I just, you know, it's their defense against Dortmund's attack, and I like the latter a lot more. So I think Dortmund should, no matter who the man – I mean, right now they've added Tersich taking over as a caretaker. Um, if he's yeah. the guy then, I, I doubt that that'll be the case. Might be a little bit concerning. And we might see this weird, this weird Dortmund dip in form domestically continue and all that. Um, but I still think I would take Dortmund, to be honest. But just real count, real quick counter, because I'm sure we want to move on. But the, you know, Dortmund's group was also pretty weak. Yeah. And Lazio had a COVID squad out there for three <laughs> games. And they, and they almost won the group. Dortmund almost didn't win the group. And Lazio didn't have Chiro or any other guys for like three games. And, you know, so that would be concerning to me. <laughs> like how, like I had a bet on Dortmund to win that group. And I was like, this is going to be the easiest bet ever. They don't have any of their guys for three games. And I was like, Oh, okay. Dortmund, I guess they're going to you know, like, make it interesting on you. Yeah. And, and it was, it was like, I had to sweat the match day six and it was like, yeah. you know, I got lucky that Lazio, you know, somehow drew, but like, I don't know. Like I, I get the sexy pieces Dortmund have. And if they bring in a good manager, you're probably right. But like, I was underwhelmed with that performance in the group stage. I think they're a mini, was, their situation so. is a miniature version of what we were talking about with Chelsea, where you go position by position, you look at the individual players right. and you get excited, but less so on kind of how they're gelling together. They're um, also just, they're also just a very much younger team and again, you have the managerial issue. I, I think the other big thing that's going to be a problem for Dortmund, maybe not directly in this matchup, although it's not going to be an easy matchup, is yeah. they could be within a shot at the Bundesliga title when, when the season's getting down towards the end. If they are, they might be more willing to commit the resources there to unseat Bayern's stranglehold on it than they would be to win the Champions League when – they would be up against some stiff competition. They might make that calculus in their head and say, we want to go after the Bundesliga. That's something that scares me for my future stadium. Yeah. Could you say the same about Leipzig? I mean, maybe that's a little bit more of a reach about them getting in the Bundesliga race. It definitely is, but I, I don't know. I, I, think that's I think that's something to think about in a lot of these, right? Yeah. It's like what domestic yeah. versus Europe. Um, that's true with the Liverpool side of things too. 
I don't know what Liverpool care. I mean, they've now won both in this new era. I don't know what they care more about at this point. Um, sometimes this conversation is reductive because obviously they'd love to win it all. But yeah, just in terms of squad selections, rotations, all of that um, is definitely something to keep an eye on. And the right, team guys. we haven't talked about at all was Man City, who probably want to win it the most. Yes. Which sounds like none of us are buyers of, but they probably want to win it more than anything. Like, they want to win this thing real bad. They, I'll say yeah, this the fact City. that Pep hasn't won the Champions League with this team is nuts. It's nuts. For sure. Well, and this is the thing. Like, I don't – I've been fading Man City domestically some. I've been having some success with that. They had an easy group. All of this stuff goes against them. But stylistically what Pep is doing with them, and most of this is just because they don't have an in-prime Sergio Aguero anymore, so they've had to kind of revamp that defense and play that way. But um, an improved defensively-minded Manchester City team is exactly the type of style you need to go on a deep run in the Champions League compared to how they were playing in some of these past years. So that would be the argument for City. I just don't like the value from a futures perspective. Um, and I, you know, we've seen what, you know, I, they need to show me before I'm touching them, you know. I agree. I agree. I just had to bring it up based on our conversation of what's going on in the league and, and what motivation they have. And I had to bring up, like, the motivation is City. Yeah. Like, they, you know, they want to win this thing really bad. Do I trust them? No way. Do not, not a chance. Don't, now, guys. Don't trust them. So, now, guys, let's shift over to the Europa League because, Taylor, you've got a couple plays over there. Uh, soccer's NIT tournament, what do you got? <laughs> well, I know, I know Dylan is a big Europa guy, so I'll defer to him on, on some of this. Um, I'm going to keep the, the Arsenal fade train going. I just am, am loving this Arsenal implosion. Again, this is another caveat of what will they be then. I don't think they're firing Arteta, nor do I think they necessarily should um, but I'm going Benfica plus 145 over them on the advance wow. in, the round of 30, in the round of 32. I'm also going Salzburg minus 103 over Villarreal. We mentioned the Spanish teams are down a little bit. Um, there is another future I kind of like that goes against that Spanish-wise, but those are two advanced tickets that I'm getting my teeth into uh, in the round of 32. I, uh, I really love Tottenham at four, uh, plus 450 to win the whole thing. Wow, really? They're, I know they're the so that, favorite. I know that's heavily chalky, but this team is in this competition. I, I I think that they're the best team in it. My only question would be motivation, simply because of the fact that it looks like they are going to be able to secure themselves a Champions League spot on their own. And Jose's ego might keep them from uh, might, might keep them from going after the Europa League title. He might not care about it because it's not the Champions League. But it's a competition that they have a chance to win, especially if their hopes of winning the Premier League start to fade. I could like that bet more and more. I don't have a ticket on it yet, but it's something I'm thinking about. Well, you got it, Tom. I'll, I'll just say this, um, and, and this not seems very good, no doubt about that, but you got to really think they're out of the Prem title race, so take that, correct? Like, yes. if they're firmly in that, they're, yeah. Okay, so if you yeah. think that, then that's fine. Yeah, that's interesting because, I mean, we know Jose is going to need to win a trophy. So that's interesting. It'll, I mean, I can't believe they didn't draw against Liverpool yesterday. I'm still really salty about that. That was bad. Um, I had some really bad breaks yesterday. <laughs> Just, it's gonna <laughs> We've take all been there. I'm take me a few days, but uh, – <laughs> Anyway, so Dylan, I'm 0 for six on my last six best bets. Bro, so. this week has been brutal. I had Napoli plus half against Inter. 
they had 17 shots to, to enters like four give up a give up a pen and then one of their best players gets a red for swearing at the ref it's like are you kidding are you kidding like that's the kind of week so but Liverpool I thought there was you know Liverpool dominated obviously but yeah Tottenham I think you're right I think you just kind of have to wait and see how the next month or two plays out um I could see them winning even if they're in the race though I mean I think they have a really deep team so I mean even even Tottenham's B plus squad is probably better than you know outside of the next two but everybody else I think they're probably still better than everybody else so um as far as matchups go my favorite the one that sticks out to me the most is probably Bayer Leverkusen versus Young Boys I think Bayer Leverkusen, I mean, they're, they're at the top of Bundesliga. They played really well. They've been really, really, really impressive in the Europa League. And young boys, I can't, they kind of squeaked by in the group stage. I don't know if you guys caught that. Was, you know, basically took a red. They were, they were going to, you know, they were going to get third in their group, I believe. So to get minus 108 on Bayer Leverkusen, I think that's a pretty good price. Um, so I kind of like that one um, as a kind of a, you know, a matchup. Some of the other ones I like, you know, AC Milan versus Red Star Belgrade. Red Star is pretty good, but, you know, once Zlatan gets back, and it, again, this is kind of one of those things where are they going to win Serie A? If they are, maybe the motivation dips a little bit, but I just think they're a better team. So, I, you know, I, that seems like kind of a cheap price to me. Uh, the other one that might be on people's top of minds would be Shakhtar Donetsk, who pulled the big Real Madrid upset. They're plus 10 versus Maccabi Tel Aviv. Um, that one's a little interesting as well. I mean, I... You know, they clearly have the potential to play really well. Um, I, with most of these, I'm going to wait until for another another month or two. As far as the futures tickets go, it, did you, Taylor, did you, did you pick out a future or were you just going to wait until, until we I, get a little deeper? I don't love any of the futures, although um... – if so, I know you're you're kind of trying to fade the Spanish teams, but if Sociedad gets past um, United, I think that's interesting. I just can't take it with that draw right yeah. now because they could get shellacked in that. Um, Napoli twelve to one. A not bad. I, like it. I don't hate it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I you know, like I I wanted to take an Italian team to ride in this, and I thought it would be Inter, but we all saw what would happen. What happened there? I assumed they would fall, but they fell out of the Europa League as well. Um, so yeah, maybe that Napoli play, I, I don't know. I'm kind of trying to go some two advanced moves first, maybe going futures round of 16 further, but, um, but Napoli, Napoli is definitely one of the best teams left. I don't, I actually don't love, um, I'm not with you, Tom. I don't love any of the English teams really. Um, now man, you could do it, but I, I think Manu can do it because they're not too inconsistent. There's no way that they can put that up over the course of that tournament. They're yeah, they're gonna probably not. Probably not. Probably not. I just like the other teams like have too much other stuff going on. Like if this is to be the title race that it is right now, with like a 78 point winner winning the Prem, there's gonna be a lot of teams that can convince themselves of 
needing to prioritize that in January, February, March, yeah. whether or not it's winning it or finishing fourth, you know, as maybe a, an easier entry than winning the Europa League, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. that's a lot of the stuff that I'm thinking about with the English teams. I'm going to say this the nicest way I can possibly say it. How are Arsenal 10 to 1? How are they the third favorite? How? It's so true. Literally how? Guys, I, I would personally rather see Arsenal get relegated than see my team win the title. Just for the entertainment factor alone. I would rather, I would rather be watching Arsenal versus Wickham Wanderers next season than watch my team go on a championship parade. Yeah, Wickham might, yeah. Get, might be in League One, so we're going to need the double relegation from Arsenal. <laughs> well, Wickham might, be, Wickham might be coming up. Oh, 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 oh there we go. It just, doesn't uh, make, it just doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. Like, I think Leicester City have a much, much, much better chance of winning this. And they're, they're 15 to 1, Arsenal's 10 to 1. I mean, I, that just doesn't make sense. I mean, I would like, like to find a Leicester like top four, maybe with some of these English. Teams. I, in general, I'd like to see some like top four prices. I don't know. I haven't found them anywhere. I don't know if you guys same. Have. And yeah, I I haven't looked around too much, but yeah, looking at the places I've looked, it's been basically to advance and then futures prices. So I mean, you know, the teams I like are kind of they would kind of make sense. They're Bayer Leverkusen, Leicester, Napoli. Um, I would warn you on Napoli a little bit. Because they are a maddening team to bet on sometimes, where they'll just like dominate a game and then they just they'll get a draw or they'll you know like they're very good and then just the finishing sometimes can be a bit head scratching. But I mean they're they're very deep, very solid. Like their manager, he's you know a really I think he's a really smart guy. Um, it's a very fiery team. If you like a team that just kind of like gets after it a little bit in big games, hence the red card. Um, if you like that, it's a good team. But yeah, I I think Tottenham are the deserved favorite, especially if they fall back in 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 the EPL. Um, and then I would I would probably make bets on. I'd probably go AC Milan over Napoli personally, and then I think Leicester and Bayer as maybe futures tickets where you might be able to hedge out of in the semifinal. And I, I just don't think that I can go with, I just don't think I can go with Leverkusen given the fact that they are currently leading the Bundesliga. Yeah. Good point. And if they're going to be right up there, I really don't see a team prioritizing the Europa league over winning their, winning the German league over Bayern. That's a fair point. Yeah. All right, guys. Do we, do we expect that though? Are you, do you think they're actually going to win the Bundesliga? I think this might be, I, I think it's thing. I think it's more than if if you look at the teams that are at the top of the Bundesliga right now, it's so tight together, way tighter than even the Premier League right now. I think that a lot of teams smell blood in the water and think this could be the this could be their year given the fact that so many teams have a chance right now. Yeah. If Bayern doesn't start to pull away, more teams are going to be allocating the resources here in the domestic league than they are in Europe. That's just, that's just my thought of it. And I think that right. it could happen this year because Bayern is also going to be determined to win a, uh, win a back-to-back champions league title. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. All right, guys, you want to talk about some best bets before we get off here, Dylan, you can join us if you want. Uh, you are a part of the premier league discussion, but if you have any games that you have your eye on, want to pick out a couple, 
Obviously, as the guest, you have free reign to pick from one to three. Um, Taylor and I will, be, of course, be going with our three plays. Taylor, the king of the one and two record, and I am trying oh, to yes. break an 0 in six streak. Um, I believe, as common courtesy, Dylan, if you want to go, give us your first pick. Uh, you guys can go first. It's okay. Sounds good. Taylor, uh, I'll shift over to you. Just want to plug my overall 11 and 13 record. Nobody does mediocrity better. Uh, another one and two, like you say, on the last slate. The best bets this week. First up, Newcastle Fulham. We're going back to a bad team versus bad team under under two and a half. Laying some juice, minus 139. But, uh, you know, like we've said, two back half of the table teams, both in terms of goals scored, in terms of expected goals, in terms of all that good stuff. Newcastle a little bit over the all over the place. I talked about that wide open game they had uh, earlier in the show, but before the last couple of games, four of five would have hit on the under here. Seven of Fulham's last 10 would have hit on this. Um, you know, I, I, bad team versus bad team. Give me the under, under two and a half minus 139. All right, Taylor. I'm getting back on the train. I said that I wouldn't be betting them until I could believe in them again. I am ready to get hurt again. Everton plus 128 versus Arsenal. Let's do it. Let's keep sending Arsenal down into this relegation fight here. I, I'm, I'm up in the toffees once again. I respect <laughs> it. I just, I think that draw is going to hit. I'm so, I might even take it. Oh, the it's draw, totally going to hit. It's but... totally going to hit the draw. Yeah. <laughs> one that sticks out to me. Uh, I'm going to go Southampton plus one and a quarter against Man City. Third. Minus 120. Uh, that might come down a little bit. People like Benton City. so But, yeah, that sticks out. I, I, I've been really impressed with Southampton and City. Outside of the Burnley game, I mean, there hasn't been a game where they're just super clinical and some games where they just kind of look disinterested. So, yeah, I, I think Southampton there on the spread looks, looks a little interesting to me. Insanely good bet. Uh, you missed it, Dylan, earlier in the show. I took him plus 575 money line. So I'm yes. just sticking with that. But Love it. We'll see what happens. I'm not best betting that by any means. But yeah, I think I just think the value on that game, the prices, are all, they make no sense. They just make mm-hmm. absolutely no sense. It's all the, it's all the name, right? It, that's, yep. that's what a lot of this is. So, All right, Taylor, second bet. Oh, yeah. Uh, my bad. Um, Tottenham, Leicester. I'm sticking with Tottenham when I can get them plus price. Um, it's a little tricky. Not an easy opponent. Get them at home, though. Plus 106 Tottenham money line. I kind of think that the Jose ball is consistently working, even when the results don't hit. I'm perfectly happy for this to be a kind of right process, wrong result game if they do back their way into a draw. Um, I don't think they'll lose it, but I'm going Tottenham plus 106. I think they'll eke out that win in a low scoring game, like we mentioned earlier in the show and under here is attractive uh, and maybe even like a one nil exacta if Tottenham goes up. All right. For me, this one is solely to try and break this streak. We got to get off the schneid here. And that means we have to take a little extra juice. We talked about the pendulum and how it swings for Ole. I think it starts swinging back a tiny bit here. I don't think this is the game that gets him sacked. By the way, real quick, Manchester United up 2-1 at the half versus Sheffield. Glad we did not make that in-game bet. Sheffield's still trash, but I'm going to take Man U minus 148 over Leeds this weekend, Sunday at 8.30. Um, Again, this is totally because this is a game. I don't mind laying a little extra juice to finally cash a ticket once again. 
sometimes you need that. You know, it's like when you, when you get into a hitting slump and you just got to go to the cages and hit a couple meatballs to get ready. Go, man, you minus 148. Dylan, how about you? Man, there's one that just sticks out, and it's, it's ugly. So I'm just thinking about if I want to give it or not. Uh, Fulham, pick them. Even oh, money. Oh, okay. The pick them at even money. I like that. That's so, a yeah, that so draw, no bet. draw no bet. Yeah. Um, you know, last time I came on, I said Fulham are one of the bottom teams that I think are going to sneak out of the relegation. And, of course, I didn't bet them against Leicester because, you know, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> but they should have beat – they should have for sure had a draw against, you know – it probably should have been a pen against Liverpool. I thought they played so good against Liverpool at home. Um, on top of that, Newcastle just got battered by Leeds, and I don't think they have a vision. I don't think they have a strategy. I think they kind of just roll the ball out and kind of see what happens. I think it's you know it might be a draw, but I I would favor Ful. I think Fulham are playing much better than Newcastle, so that's the play. Fulham suddenly seem like they're going to survive the Prem, which I would not have said a couple of months ago. Um, no, they no definitely one saw that are playing a lot better uh, here as of late. My third and final best bet, gentlemen, is, uh, again, this is going against Chelsea, against my boys, West Ham plus a goal and a quarter. You're laying minus 114, but I think this will be close. I think one team's winning this by a goal either way. Would not be shocked at all for West Ham to win this game outright. Uh, though three losses in a row in the Prem would be surprising for Chelsea. Um, but again, you look at all the stats against the top 10, zero wins, three draws, three losses. Um, you look at West Ham's current form, only one loss in their last six. Um, I'm interested to see how Frank Lampard approaches this game tactically because I, you know it's one that you would think Chelsea should just kind of let their attacking forces go at West Ham and and try to score three or four goals, but not entirely sure that he's confident to kind of let the troops loose like that at the moment. Either way, uh, I don't think Chelsea's blowing him out, so give me West Ham on the goal line there. All right. I'm not breaking any uh, – we, we don't think about this too often when we're doing our best bets. We traditionally are always going Premier League, but there is no rule that says we have to go Premier League for these bets. Oh. And that is why my favorite pick of the week. Give it to me, minus 120, heading Bell over Roos. to the Bundesliga. Uh. Dortmund versus Union Berlin. I'm loving the new manager bump. Lucien Favre is out. I think this team wins their first game without him. You're going up against a Union team that's actually played rather decently lately. They, they haven't been terrible, to my knowledge. I, I, to, I, I'm not an avid Bundesliga watcher, but I know that they haven't been absolute trash. Dortmund minus 120. This is still an incredibly talented team. It's a team that I'm liking more and more. I'm, making, I'm filing my one-time switch with FIFA to switch from a, being a Schalke fan to a Dortmund fan in the Bundesliga. Smart move. And, yeah, very, very smart move. And I, I'm going to go Dortmund minus 120 versus Union Berlin in an effort to finally get this record right and end this 0-6 streak. Okay, so I didn't know. I thought these were EPL only. These are these are just best bets. Oh, yeah. You can, you can go anywhere. We've traditionally stuck with EPL because that's what we're breaking down most of the time. That's the league we know best, especially because 
RIP the MLS season. We will miss you fondly. But, yeah, you can go anywhere here. Okay. I might have an interesting one for you guys here. Oh, all right. Let's, hit, let's hear it. We're hit us with to, it. We're going to Italy. My apologies if you don't like Italy. Uh, we're going to Atalanta, Roma. And Roma have the best advanced metrics in Syria, which I don't think anybody would know. They're usually like fifth to sixth. They're, you know, if you look at their totals, they score a lot of goals. Sometimes they give up goals. They're just, they're a really offensive minded team. So, you know, they're about to go up three, nothing on Torino here. Um, and so I like the over and I, they're plus 200, you know, it's, it's in Bergamo. So it's at, at Atalanta. I kind of like Roma as a dog. So okay. plus 200, you could get, right. you could get plus a quarter at minus 110 If you want to protect against the draw, um, I think they're playing much better than Atalanta and clearly he doesn't want to play Papu Gomez. He only did cause he had to against Juve. Um, if he doesn't play, I, I, I think that's a great price. So. I don't know what to do with Labea without Alanta at this point. I made so much money off of them last year. It was such a joy to ride that run. And, you know, I'm, hey, over, still in the Champions League. And, and they're not like, they're still, I mean, they got a, they got a result of the weekend uh, in, or was it just a couple days ago? I'm getting all my days mixed up. Uh, the 1-1 draw against Juve um, in Serie A. They're still getting occasional results there, but they're not going to win Serie A. And they're not going to go on a deeper on the Champions League. So um, it's just so hard to pick them game to game at this point. It's been an undertrain. So, you know, it's been so really that, interesting. Which is really wild really after last year. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, do, I yeah. was on three and over three and a halfs, over fours, adjusted like all these overs last year. And it's yeah. been completely the opposite. Yeah. They, you know, the, the expected goals, they're fifth in expected goals. They led Serie A last year in expected goals. Now they're fifth. So it's like, it's not bad, but you know, they, they scored 12 more goals than their expected goals last year. This year they're even. They're basically doing what they are supposed to. So it's, you know, it's possible last year they just run a really hot run of form and this might be the normality. And without Papu Gomez, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I, but if, if, we, if we're talking, if you're, if you watch Syria and we're talking run a form and kind of how the teams are playing, I, I think that's good value. Plus, you know, I'll probably do half on plus a quarter, half on the on the money line. So I'm not just gonna. The best bet would, you know, I guess would be plus a quarter if if you know, because you guys probably don't usually take big dogs in this segment. I would assume, right? You can, uh, it's your best bets. It's whatever you want to take. You can go with. We we respect all the plays, especially because. If I'm going to throw stones at anybody, that's just going to be me hurling boulders out of a gigantic glass house. So, <laughs> Right. Yeah, I do have, I w- I'll probably do half and half. So there you go. Right now, that's going to do it for us here on Betting the High Line. Once again, brought to you by the Book It Sports Network. Download the Book It Sports app today, available on iOS and Android. And quite frankly, it is just an awesome app, Bet Tracker for all of your big five sports here in the U.S. Uh, great for social media aspects as well. You can follow us on there. I'm TV at work on the Book It Sports app. Taylor is just T-Will on that app. And Dylan, are you on the Book It app yet? I am not. 
Not yet. We understand, given the whole, I mean, you, you do work for, you of course are a writer for Action Network, so I understand not being on the Book It app right now. Where can people find you on social media, though? Uh, my Twitter account, um, Dylan, Dylan Esma is my Twitter account. Pretty, pretty self-explanatory on that one. And that's, that's about it. I, I am fairly vocal on, on Twitter, I post my articles there and then just, um, just opinions too. So yeah, everything's on my Twitter. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen your Twitter. Certainly. I mean, we all follow each other here. You are a great follow guys. Highly encourage you to go out and follow Dylan. He has some great pieces over there for the action network. Taylor, you can follow once again at ATLTWill on Twitter, and I am TV at work. Guys, it has been an absolute pleasure. Dylan, thank you so much for joining us today. May all of your bets cash, and may we be looking at another great weekend as Arsenal slips further into the relegation battle. That'll do it for us. Hope you're cashing. Everybody have a good day. Thanks, guys. <laughs>